anyone who's done coaching with me knows that I am not preaching prosperity gospel. I am not at all going to tell you to manifest your future, to create a prayer or vision board, pray over the materialistic things you want, and God will give you the desires of your heart. No, 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 no. And I will not tell you that God will just manifest your future in front of you because you believed hard enough. Yes, if you have faith, you can move mountains, but you have to remember it was all, all of it for the glory of God, for the glory of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. So we have to, as Christians, struggle with and and wrestle with this tension money creates in our lives. We can't escape it. We can't get around it. Money is going to exist. You have to handle it well. This is the Money Minister Podcast. I bet you thought I'd be a man. My name is Katherine Vanderlaan, and I'm a financial coach and minister in training. I firmly believe that Christians shouldn't have money worries. This podcast is about keeping money in its place as a tool and not allowing it to rule your life. I challenge conventional beliefs we Christians have about money and use the Bible as my source of absolute truth. Join me. Let's work together to keep money in its place as we follow Jesus with our whole lives. Welcome to The Money Minister, episode 27. If you're a longtime listener, I apologize for the two-week hiatus. You might have noticed a few other changes as well. This podcast went from being called Living a Budget to now The Money Minister. Uh, Let me tell you why. (laughs) I'm currently in training, just so you know, to become a minister, and I've been a minister's wife for the last eight, almost nine years now. Anyway, because I mostly coach Bible-believing Christians, just like me, most most of the time, not all the time, and because I've been drawn more and more into ministry, I've been doing ministry with more of my time, I'm actually studying to become a minister myself. It's one of my New Year's resolutions is to pass all the classes to become certified as a minister in the Assemblies of God Church. Anyway, I thought this podcast could be yet better used to address some unhealthy beliefs that I've been hearing and I have been helping people through the last two years, and and then also get into practices that Christians have with money and help different Christians overcome some limiting beliefs, some, frankly, some lies that they believe about money so that we can better serve God with the time that we have here on earth so that we are empowered to do the good works that God's put in front of us. So we're not afraid of money anymore. And so Christians can unite and love one another and serve God better with what he's given us to steward here on earth. Anyway, I think we as Christians, if you are Christian, I think we should use our talents to serve God and get anything stopping us out of the way. So that's why the change. That's why we're going from living a budget to the money minister. It is more in line with, well, really who I've been coaching and and what we've been doing. Also, there are enough podcasts about money in general. So I figured just make this one specifically for Christians. Anyway, 
It is now the first week of January, and I hope you've gotten your New Year's resolutions written down. I know I love doing those myself. The last couple of years, I've seen resolutions specifically about getting out of debt when January comes around. So if that's you, you are in good company. For a Christian and for everyone, actually, this is getting out of debt is a really great resolution. Romans 13.8 says, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. So let's get working on getting out of debt, guys. Anyway, that's not what today's podcast episode is about. Today's podcast episode is about overcoming the fear of wealth. Oftentimes when I'm coaching people, not necessarily just Christians, but coaching people, there is this fear of wealth that keeps people back from getting out of debt, keeps people back from building any sort of wealth in their lives because they're afraid of it. They don't want to be wealthy. They don't want to be seen as a rich person, or maybe they're afraid of money and what it did to their parents or or people that they grew up around or see now. Maybe they're afraid of money and what it could possibly do to them. So I'd like to address that today, that fear of wealth. And I'm going to address it from a Christian's perspective. Uh, because honestly, I think God is the only only person, only thing in this world that we should fear. And wealth for a Christian has a lot of negative connotations. We as Protestants, as Catholics, I'm Protestant in the Assemblies of God Church, we have this connotation around wealth that comes from something Jesus said. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And so oftentimes a a Christian will look at wealth and allow themselves to be afraid of God's blessing in their lives, afraid of receiving it, afraid of it because they don't want to misuse it. They don't want to be that rich person who can't enter the kingdom of God. They don't want those temptations. They don't want to be tempted to love money more than they love God. And so they stay in poverty, they stay poor, so that the temptations of being rich aren't around them. And if that's your choice, make it consciously. Let me, let me tell you my story. I don't know if you know my story yet or probably not all the different aspects of it, but I had to work through this myself. So let me tell you what happened. Well, I'll just tell you how I became a Christian first, but I confessed Jesus as my Savior at four. I was baptized at 14, and in college, I fell away from Jesus for two years. Then at the beginning of my third year, God really pursued me hard, and I, I say he uh, He hit me with the sledgehammer of God. I had to make a decision, honestly, between God and, and my non-Christian boyfriend at the time, and I chose God. At that point, I made a decision to follow God with my whole life, with every single part of my life. And since then, I've done my best. Not all the time. I've fallen a little bit, you know, at, at different points of my life. But I've done my best. I even married a minister and a missionary on purpose, which I kind of laugh about. But I did that on purpose. So I'd have the pressure at home to continue to trust God. Actually, I thought we'd be poor forever. And, and I thought we were safe 
from the temptation of riches forever. And so I I had been preparing and was prepared for this life of poverty and like, okay, you know what? I'm going to be really holy and I'm going to be in poverty for the rest of my life. We'll live basically like not celibate monks, right? And it'll be great. I won't have those temptations and and life will be simple and and we'll be very poor. And, (laughs) And that's not what happened. That's not what happened. So I call myself my husband's biggest supporter. He, all of his income is through fundraising. And so my income needed to be more than that if we were going to live near Boston, Massachusetts. For a long time, his post-tax income was less than $2,000 a month. I mean, that doesn't even pay for childcare around here. So God had different plans for me. He put me in the workforce, and I followed God the whole time in the workforce, asking God all the time, where am I supposed to be? Should I be a stay-at-home mom? What job should I have? What desire are you putting in my heart? How should I be working in this environment? Who should I be working for? How can I carry out the good works that you've had in front of me? How can I diligently work for you? And every day I would pray to God and ask him to bless the work of my hands and to help me see that the work that I was doing was for the glory of God and to really live out my faith out loud as a Christian in all of these super, super secular environments. And God did. He blessed me. It was like I was Joseph, you know, the son of Jacob who was sold into slavery and and basically everything he did went really, really well. And he was put in charge of more and more and more and more stuff until he was second in command of Egypt, second in command only to Pharaoh. That Basically, that happened to me. I became the top 5% of earners in the United States. First, I'll say I was really excited that God was blessing my family, blessing me and my family. And I was I was super relieved when we got out of debt. I mean, I sat in my car and cried the moment we paid off my student loans. And I, I felt like a weight was lifted. I, and I felt that God finally was blessing me because he loved me. And I know, I know that that's not necessarily true, but I really do think that that he let me feel that and let me understand that as a Christian and as his daughter, that I am dearly beloved. And I really felt that when we were able to get completely out of debt because it mattered a lot to me. I felt free. But then I started getting nervous. I was nervous about building wealth. And there are all of these Bible verses about wealth and warnings about loving money and trusting in money. It was a huge tension for me, not necessarily for my husband, who is a, more of a sage than I am, but but for me, the really practical one, the one who was doing the budgets and, and all this stuff, it was a really big tension for me because I thought that we were going to be poor for the rest of our lives. And here we were, we were building wealth. We had investment accounts. We were doing fine. It was in the six figures. And I could see that maybe I can retire by age 55, maybe sooner if this thing goes well. And and God was blessing me and, and trusting me. And I became, instead of the, the servant with one talent, then I was the servant with five. And then I felt like I was the servant with 10. And how could he trust me with all of this? And who am I to be trusted? And what's going on? And there are all these temptations. Do you see that? Do you hear that anxiety? That is what was running through my head. It didn't end. It's something that I struggle with even now. 
and probably something that most Christians who have wealth struggle with. So here's what I did. Over the last couple of years, I've been running my financial coaching company, Saver Street, and I've been wrestling with this tension, with this issue, with God, through prayer, through coaching with different Christians, through them coaching me, (laughs) through counseling with a Christian counselor, and by reading through the Bible start to finish twice with an eye to see what God says about money. Group Financial Coaching is a group that's getting out of debt together. We celebrate wins, keep each other accountable, and tackle the hard life questions that come up. If you wish you had a group of like-minded people to lean on and learn from, join us in Group Financial Coaching. We're here to help you get to financial independence and have fun on the journey. Learn more at saverstreet.com slash group financial coaching. So here's a snapshot of what I concluded. God blesses, and God blesses in many multiple ways. He blesses through wealth. That's kind of what we think of as a blessing is is wealth that brings comfort. But he blesses us for a reason, and that's what all these warnings in the Bible are about. He blesses us when we can bless others and give comfort to widows and orphans, to the poor, when we can bring justice to the world, when we can tell others about the glory and the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. He blesses us to enable us to go into different societies and contexts. He blesses us to test us sometimes and to trust us with what he's giving us to steward. He gives wealth to those he loves. That's in the Bible. I I can find it. I think it's in Proverbs in many different places, actually. I have a whole 14 more, probably more at this point, page document that is all Bible verses about money and wisdom and and warnings about it. It's it's the number one or maybe number two thing that is mentioned in the Bible is money and handling it and warnings about it. But anyway, back to the conclusion. So God warns us about money because, A, he wants to bless us. And God warns us because it is really easy to look at that money and say, I did it. I gave myself that money. I earned it. And it's because of me. And then to rely on that money and then to be stingy with that money and then to forget about the good things that God put in front of us, to harden our hearts and keep it all for ourselves and our comfort, and then to die with nothing because you can't take anything with you. So God gives us his word and the people around us to warn us of our own selfishness and pride. You can see in the Old Testament, in Judges, how the people went over and over and over again. They had a problem, and God sent them a judge, and they were relieved from that problem. And then they got comfortable, and they forgot about God. And God said, I don't want you to forget about me, so I'm going to send you a problem. And they got a problem, and they cried out to God and started serving God again. And he sent them a judge that said, clean up your act, guys. Serve God only. God is first. And they cleaned up their act. God saved them. 
they got comfortable, and then they forgot about God again. And over and over and over, you see the same pattern happening. You see it in judges, then you see it in kings when God is sending different kings, and although that kind of just devolves, right? And you see it often in, or well, not the cycle, but you see God's warnings in Proverbs, and you see God's warnings throughout the Psalms, and you see God's warnings across the New Testament. You see Jesus warning people about the love of money, and you see all these different prophets and apostles warning people that, you know what, God doesn't like when you forget about him, when you're not showing love to the people around you, when you're stingy and are not generous. He doesn't like it when you misuse money and you love money, but he loves it when you love him and you follow him. So here's the bottom line and, and what I'm going to be going over in the Money Minister, this podcast right? And how dare I call myself a minister? I'm not a minister yet, but you know, give me a year. So I am going to go through what it looks like for a Christian to walk that narrow walk and stop being afraid of money and start allowing God to bless you in your life so that you can be allowed, you can you can be enabled to do the good works that God's put in front of you. When have you looked at somebody you wanted to give, you wanted to give a lot, but you know what? You had to pay your rent and it wasn't wise for you to give because you had your rent to pay. Imagine what you could do if you accepted God's blessing in your life. And anyone, let me just backtrack a little bit because I don't want you to hear something that I'm not saying. Anyone who's done coaching with me knows that I am not preaching prosperity gospel. I am not at all going to tell you to manifest your future, to create a prayer or vision board, pray over the the materialistic things you want, and God will give you the desires of your heart. No, 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 no. I have read the Bible probably over 20 times at this point in my life. I have made a large study of this for most of my life. It's been a tension that's existed most of my life, and I will not tell you that God will just manifest your future in front of you because you believed hard enough. Yes, if you have faith, you can move mountains, but you have to remember it was all, all of it for the glory of God, for the glory of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. So we have to, as Christians, struggle with and and wrestle with this tension money creates in our lives. We can't escape it. We can't get around it. Money is going to exist. You have to handle it well. So that's what we're going to go over. And as a practical takeaway here for this podcast, I want to talk about overcoming the fear of it. One of the ways that you can start to overcome your fear of money is the same way that I did. Pray. Pray about it. Ask God to help you. When you go to God and you ask for healing and you ask for help, he's going to give it to you. Pray on your knees. My knees are crappy, so I put a pillow down on the floor. Pray on your knees. Ask God for help, and he will give it to you. Now, he might give it to you the same way he gave it to me, through words, through reading his scripture, through talking to other Christians in coaching and counseling. He will help you, though. 
You have to trust in him. You have to seek it with your whole heart and God will heal that part of you. So go guys, go overcome your fear of money. It is a blessing when God gives you wealth. Use it well and commit, commit to using it well, investing the talents that God gives you. Use it well and you have nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be afraid of. Have a plan. That's this that's part of using it well. And you know, I'm kind of implied that because that's what I do. But if you have a plan and you follow that plan and you are testing that plan and you are asking God for that plan and you are you are constantly not letting it take over your life and you're loving God first, you are prioritizing God and God's people and strengthening the church, then you are using his provision well, and you are stewarding God's money well. So don't be afraid of getting blessed. Don't be afraid of money. Overcome that fear by taking the first steps, by praying, by seeking counsel, by reading the Bible. Overcome that fear of money, and you will open up the storehouses and the blessings that God wants to give you. So go ahead, guys. Go from that servant with one talent to the servant with five to the servant with ten. I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living a Budget. I'm glad you're here. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate our podcast on iTunes or whatever you're using to listen. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at saver.street. And if you need help with your personal finances, feel free to book a complimentary consultation at saverstreet.com. We'll help you find what you need in your journey to financial independence. I'll see you in the next episode.